0: job market Merck crude reality and what kind of landing welcome it's money talk the annex wealth management show glad you're here next hour we got a lot plan for you. We're going to talk about the 0% tax bracket on investment income. Who qualifies? How can you get it? And how do we watch out for it with our clients at Annex Wealth Management? Ask Annex. a Bunch of great questions this week. Talking about catch-up contributions, value investing, China, 401ks. Toward the end of the show, Jeff Day, a branch director and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, is going to talk about Generation X and retirement planning. Sometimes Generation X doesn't get all that respect. And it kind of gave them that great attitude that they have and I speak as a boomer so all respect, Generation X, but you know you're next up on deck for really serious retirement planning. That's all on the way. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, welcome. Thank you, Danny. Dave Spano, our President and CEO, welcome to you. Okay, Boomer. Yeah, there's no question.
1: <laughs> yeah. We've got to talk about jobs, and that has been the story all week long. So much information came out that certainly shows that all of the Fed's hard work of
2: trying to slow the economy down certainly is working. Derek. Right. We're starting to see signs of cracks in the jobs market. We saw jobless claims are up. We saw hiring intentions were down. We saw the ADP labor report miss expectations. We saw PMI services and manufacturing post worse than expected results. So the risks would appear to be on the downside from an economic perspective. And as a result of all that, the odds of a Fed hike in May have dropped from over 70% to under 50 at 46% currently. And so you talk
1: about the rate hiking cycle. You know, of course, we all know that they did seven last year, the Federal Reserve, two this year and some we're expecting one more when all of this data comes out. But if they are at the end of the rate hiking cycle, Derek, that could suggest a lot of things to the economy.
2: Right. And, and I, I'd be careful, you know, when it becomes apparent to everyone that the Fed has paused, it's because they think that what they've done has been a sufficient to reduce inflation going forward, but also that the economy is cooled significantly. And that can be a risk, right? If the Fed has to then turn around and cut rates, that's because they've broken something. So, Historically, stocks do extremely well during the pause period, provided that it's not followed up quickly by a rate cut. You know,
1: there's a lot of outcomes that could happen here, and you did a nice job with the committee this week, and I'd like to share that. But, you know, there's a number of outcomes. One of them is a hard landing. In other words, a deep and long recession. One of them is a stagflation type of environment where we're going to have a stagnant economy and still inflation continues on. And then the other is a soft landing. In other words, it slows down, but we don't have a recession.
2: Right. And the stagflation and and soft landing are really kind of part and parcel of the same thing. The question really is, has the market and has the economy fully discounted the effects of these monetary policy tightening moves, whether it's higher rates or quantitative tightening? And in our view, they have to a great degree, which is why we're somewhat optimistic about the back half of 2023 into 2024. We're going to learn a lot in the coming earnings reports. You know, have companies sufficiently lowered the bar? We're going to get the banks starting on April 14th. Those are obviously going to be key reports. And then going forward, we're going to get guidance, which we're going to take a, a real hard look at. Because right now, analysts have only lowered their estimates from 10% from what their peaks were prior to when the Fed began raising rates. And they're looking for earnings in 2024 to be up 10%.
1: We talk about you know all of the talking heads and what's going to happen. And that's the reason why I really liked the continuum that was put together of best case, worst case, and base case. In fact, we don't know. The economy doesn't know. Powell does not know. And that is the reason why you put those out there and say, how do we match our risks and try to get a return? And that is really the core of investment planning.
2: Yeah, and our current positioning reflects our beliefs. I mean, we're basically neutrally positioned in equities. We have somewhat of a defensive tilt. We're a little bit underweight tech. We're a little bit overweight healthcare. We're also underweight financials. Uh, So I think we've been positioned reasonably well. The the real question to me is whether it's going to be large stocks that outperform for here or small stocks. Small stocks are extremely cheap. But it all depends on what index you're using, because in the Russell 2000, over a third of the companies don't make money. And a rate hiking cycle is not good for companies that are nothing.
1: And in the last 15 seconds, we're watching WTI in oil very closely.
2: Right. OPEC surprised everyone over the weekend by announcing production cuts of a million barrels a day. And Russia joined a party and said they're going to reduce production as well. So oil prices bounced significantly to over $80 a barrel. And that only makes the Fed's job that much more difficult, particularly as China reopens. Derek Felski is our chief investment officer at Annex Wealth Management. Dave
0: Spano is our president and CEO. A couple of things you can do on the weekend. Sign up for the Axiom, which is our free weekly newsletter. I love good newsletters got to be a good newsletter. That's why I'm going to recommend this one. Seven key points every Sunday morning. Don't have to be a client for it. We're all over social media. We're on uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, very vibrant YouTube channel. A couple of great podcasts. You can find those when you search Annex Wealth at Spotify or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can catch the Week in Review on our YouTube channel, The Axiom on Sunday mornings, Spotify at the top of the hour. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, April 9th. Going to be right back, 92.5 Fox News. It
3: starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. We're back.
0: Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning is a fee-only fiduciary website, AnnexWealth.com. Derek Felsky in the studio, Chief Investment Officer. Dave Spano, President CEO, Annex Wealth Management.
1: Yeah, thanks, Danny. You know, so much risk out there, so many negative headlines, uh, geopolitical risk, obviously the political un- unrest here in the United States. And then we go into earnings season. We're going to see a lot of earnings reports coming out in the next few weeks, and that is led off by the financials. And the bar is set pretty low for the financials.
2: Oh. Oh, absolutely. After the the recent uh, declines, I mean, the regional bank ETF was down over thirty percent in a very short period of time. Even even stalwarts like J P Morgan and Wells Fargo corrected pretty aggressively. So we're going to have to see what they do with their loan loss reserves, what their guidance is. I mean, Jamie Dimon has said that you know he was fairly optimistic, but he did say that what's what's occurred over the last year or so is going to take a long time. People have been conditioned to accepting zero in their savings accounts. Well, they've wised up. they As we've mentioned for several months, you know the opportunities in money market funds and treasury bills are are vastly better than the interest you can earn on a savings account, and that's happened. So, Deposit flows have started to slow, and the Fed did backstop it, so that's the good news. But it really wasn't easing. It was just simply a recognition of where things were.
1: And let me just go back and and cover that, And, and this is interesting information. If you look back into the first part of October, really the fourth quarter, since then we have had a rally. Both the fourth quarter of 2022 and the first quarter of 2023 have been really good results, and that has coincided with interest
2: rates coming down. Right. The two-year yield is down 130 basis points. The five-year yield is down 100 and the 10-year treasury yield is down 70. But the yield curve is still inverted and historically an inverted yield curve where short-term rates are higher than long-term rates is a precursor to a recession. It doesn't necessarily tell you how deep it'll be. It doesn't necessarily tell you when it will occur. But the pressures on the economy continue to mount, which is why many people are calling for the Fed to be one more and done. Or or
1: done already. And the reason why and I just want to cover this, is the Fed's funds rate is from 475 to 5%. They have that range that's there. If you compare that to the two-year treasury, it is significantly over the two-year
2: treasury. The
1: market and the Fed are
2: not on the same page. And historically, the market generally is correct, so the market ultimately forces the Fed to move in its direction, and the two-year note yield rose very dramatically before the Fed began tightening, and it's been been declining fairly quickly as the Fed continues to tighten. So, at some point, unless something breaks, the Fed will have to pause, and, and that, I think, will be greeted positively by market participants, but it's at that time that you really have to look at your portfolio, because the reason they're pausing is they know that their monetary actions have had a negative impact on the economy and they don't know how deep it'll be.
1: And that's the reason why we talk about that continuum of possibilities and that is the reason why we talk about what the Fed is going to do. The old axiom has always been don't fight the Fed, well another one is don't fight the tape
2: and right now they're not on the same page. Absolutely not. In fact, you know, I was kind of astonished, you know, I just looked at the year to date numbers and I think people will be surprised. Small caps are flat. The S&P is up 6%, and the NASDAQ is up 15% for the year. Uh, Treasury bonds have done reasonably well. And this is after a year when the 60-40 portfolio had its worst, one of the worst years I've ever seen. I think the third worst year on record. So... People that have stayed the course, that have continued to dollar-cost average and rebalance and, and, and think about their portfolios tactically have, have done okay. Uh, the question is, you got to be patient. we got to wait until we get past this phase. And once we do, you know, the, the markets ought to do reasonably well. Because the s and X the top ten names, the, the, the large-cap growth names, has reasonably priced at over f- about 14 times earnings. And there's one thing that I have to pound the table
1: on, and and that is, you know, since maybe 2008, we have had quantitative ease and you're talking about probably 15 years folks that the fed has what's called the fed put that has been removed and right now to expect a v recovery without the fed is very difficult thinking
2: no, absolutely right. And again, which is one of the reasons why one of the biggest headwinds to me for the stock market getting back to all all time highs, the fact that you can get four and five percent in a treasury bill. You're getting paid to wait. It's above the current rate of inflation. And you don't have to worry about the day to day volatility of equities. In addition, you know, energy, you know, there's a, a shortage of copper developing energy. price. You know, we've talked about a cut in the production of oil as China reopens after three years of stop and start. So there's still inflationary pressures out there. So I expect a volatile trading range environment for the balance of the year. Derek
0: Felsky, our chief investment officer, Dave Spano. Dave, confidence off a little bit, but you know, we've been through things like this before. you button up the coat, you batten down the hatches, you ride it out, you ride it out with somebody who knows what they're doing.
1: Yeah. And I think experience is a big part of that. And we have to make sure that our clients have the confidence that we've been through this before.
0: 11 million U.S. taxpayers qualified for a 0% tax rate on investment income in 2020. how they do that? We're going to cover it next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Someone asks how you are. Most of the time, it's good. So how's your money, your investments, your retirement plans? Given everything going on, good might not be the answer. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer, good. We want you to feel the confidence of saying, great. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Annex Need to reach Annex Wealth Management but want to skip the computer? No problem. Call us 239-350-6363. 239-350-6363. Let's talk soon. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? We remind people often there's a very big difference between tax prep, like we're doing now, and tax planning, which is year-round process. If you're up to your elbows in statements, you might not want to hear anything about taxes. But how about this? A 0% tax rate. Now, that's a bit of a tease, but it does exist, and we're going to talk about it with Eric Strom, Financial Planning Manager, CFP, and an EA at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Eric. Thanks, Danny. Okay, you got to get us up to speed on this. Such a thing exists, a 0% rate on investment income in the U.S. tax code. Yes, there
4: is such a thing as a 0% tax rate, so sign me up. This is not new. No, it's not new. In fact, capital gains have been taxed differently than income for, believe it or not, over 100 years. In general, capital gains are taxed more favorably than regular income. Interestingly, in 2008, a 0% capital gains rate was created. And in 2020, which is the most recent data we have, over 11 million taxpayers qualified for this 0% capital gains rate. Unfortunately though, this rate is often overlooked, especially by retirees. So we wanted to raise a little bit of awareness today about this 0% rate. I think you've got everybody's attention, so we do need to know more. Who qualifies for this? Generally speaking, capital gains rates do not apply to tax-sheltered accounts, such as an IRA or a 401k. But for those who have investments outside of those types of accounts, what we call taxable accounts, then certain capital gains and certain dividend income can qualify for these lower capital gains rates. Now the 0% capital gains bracket actually extends higher than you might think. So if you are married, you can actually have income up to nearly $120,000 and still qualify for this 0% gains rate. So more people than you might think can take advantage of this.
0: There are both benefits and challenges of using the 0% tax rate on investment income. Now, one scenario it works well is if taxpayers are in an income trough, maybe between jobs or their retirees, would this be sort of like the golden spot for Roth conversions?
4: Yeah, and this is why we want to talk about this because especially for retirees in your 60s, it is very common to have room in this 0% capital gains bracket. And what we don't want is this room to go unused inadvertently. What we do at Annex is we use financial planning and tax planning software to evaluate if an individual or a married couple has this opportunity. And if so, then we may structure your investments to take advantage of this, or we might use is either what you just mentioned, Roth conversions to utilize that low room, or we might use a tactic called gain harvesting to intentionally realize
0: gains in this 0% rate, and then you end up paying nothing on that. This is where tax planning really comes in. And this is where really having a team like the planning team at Annex Wealth Management really putting those folks to work.
4: Well, it does. And I want to mention, it's a very complex strategy. So i give two quick examples. If you've already started taking Social Security, these gains can potentially, even if they're taxed at 0%, they can potentially increase the taxation of your Social Security, something you'd want to be aware of. Also, Medicare premiums can be affected by it as well. So there's a lot of landmines and complexity to this.
0: Eric Strom is a financial planning manager, a CFP, and an EA with Annex Wealth Management. We actually should explain the EA part of you.
4: Being an enrolled agent or an EA is similar to being a CPA, but it is awarded directly from the IRS. It is the highest credential that the IRS awards. Anyone who's an enrolled agent definitely knows their stuff when it comes to income tax. Let's talk about stacking rules. What are they? How do they impact eligibility? Put simply, capital gain income is considered, and and bear with me for a moment, it's considered stacked on top of your regular income. So what does this mean? It means that if you have more other income, that means you have less space for your 0% capital gains. So for example, let's say you have a lot of dividend income and that dividend income is qualifying for capital gains treatment, which is a very good thing. But then you go out and create other income. Maybe you turn on your social security. Maybe you do a Roth conversion or you start a pension. And by doing those things, you can potentially bump those capital gain income, in this example, dividends out of the 0% rate and into the 15% rate. This is a concept that we call the tax torpedo. And the tax torpedo is something that if it's applicable to you, you definitely want to be aware of that. Is this something we do for our clients? Absolutely. Because we definitely believe in tax planning here at Annex. We do a lot of mock-up tax returns for our clients to see the complexity because you've got Social security, capital gains, Roth conversions, all of these factors interact with each other in a very complex way. And it's important to look at your particular situation. This is a tax planning thing for the future, correct? This is a long-term consideration. So it's an every year type of conversation, especially if you are either retired already or getting close to retirement. This is something you definitely want to be looking at.
0: Eric Strom, Financial Planning Manager, CFP, and an EA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for your team. Seriously, for all of us whose eyes rolled back in our heads as we heard the complexity of this. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Danny. Sunday, April 9th, this is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick break, we're gonna be back on 92.5 Fox News. Someone asks how you are. Most of the time, it's good. So how's your money, your investments, your retirement plans? Given everything going on, good might not be the answer. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click the Get Started button. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer, good, We want you to feel the confidence of saying, great. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. We're all familiar with Social Security. What about spousal Social Security? Here to talk about it is Tom Burkholz, a CFP and Financial Planning Specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Tom, welcome back to the show. Hi, Danny. So take us to school, maybe everybody to school. What exactly is a spousal benefit?
5: It's a type of Social Security benefit where essentially the Social Security administration is saying, hey, we understand that not everyone who is married stays in the workforce their entire life. And so some people are stay at home parents or whatever the case is. And you should still be able to receive a Social Security benefit if that's the case. So you as a spouse with little or no Social Security benefit of your own can receive up to half of the working spouse's benefit in the form of a spousal benefit. That's decent. How is that benefit determined? Right. So the spousal benefit is primarily determined by the working spouse's amount at their full retirement age. However, it's also determined by when the spouse claims for the benefits. So for example, if the spouse starts their spousal benefits at age 62, they accept a reduced amount. Right. And with everything, social
0: security, the earlier you start taking it, the benefits are reduced, correct?
5: Right. So timing matters. So That's why it's important to work with a financial professional who can um, calculate the most optimal way to take benefits. So when can somebody begin collecting spousal benefits? Well, there are specific triggers that must occur to be entitled to spousal benefits in the first place. So the first trigger is the primary worker must have filed for their own benefit in order for the spouse to begin receiving spousal benefits. And additionally, you have to be married for at least one year and Ultimately, age 62 is the magic age when you can first start receiving a reduced spousal benefit amount. Gotcha. True or false, you can get up to 50% of your spouse's full benefit. This is true. This is the maximum amount of spousal benefits you can be eligible for. However, if the spouse elects before their own full retirement age you might get a reduced amount. So you have to be careful if you're trying to maximize your spousal benefit. And I think I know the answer to this, but you don't get to claim both benefits, right? Correct. Someone can be entitled to a spousal benefit based on their husband or wife's earning record and be eligible for their own retirement benefit. And this is considered by the Social Security Administration as being duly entitled, and you will only receive the higher of the two benefits at the time. If somebody is widowed or divorced, can they still claim spousal Social Security benefits? Well, if you're widowed, you may instead be eligible for a survivor benefit, which is simply inheriting the deceased spouse's benefit. But that's different than a spousal benefit. And if you're divorced, you could potentially be eligible for spousal benefits as long as the worker is 62 and you were married for 10 years and haven't remarried. But. If you're remarried, you can't claim your ex's benefits. Right. If you are remarried, you are now a spouse from Social Security's perspective and cannot receive spousal benefits from your ex. However, you can be eligible to receive spousal benefits from your current spouse. Is applying or getting getting the process started,
0: is, is that complicated for Social Security spousal benefits?
5: No, you can apply online, over the phone, or through your local Social Security office. You'll just need you know a variety of documents and information handy as you go through that process, and banking information if you want to set up direct deposit. Tom, do you find in the financial planning department that people are... In the dark about
0: social security i mean we need to walk them through things and that's fine because that's what we do but can it be confusing at times
5: oh 100 percent. i highly recommend working with a professional who can run a social security analysis and find the most optimal way to file for social security because it can be incredibly complicated right and as we always say it, it it's only one of
0: the legs of your retirement plan but it's an important leg
5: Right, so retirement income can be thought of as a three-legged stool between Social Security income and pension income and income from your retirement assets, so it's just one part. But if you're missing a leg on your stool, I mean, you don't have a stool anymore. Right. Sure. Set it up properly. For investment, retirement
0: planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Tom Burkholtz, CFP and a financial planning specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for coming back in. My pleasure. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may be wondering if your retirement plans are still on track. Inflation is a silent wealth killer. You won't hear an alarm when prices rise, but you might feel alarm as you try to plan your future. It's also one of the top reasons 80% of Americans are feeling stressed about their finances. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, Annex Wealth Management's in-house team of planners will prepare your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric isn't a sales tool. Annex is a fee-only fiduciary, so there are no products to push. Instead, you'll get an honest assessment of your current state and a realistic plan to reach your goals. If you're concerned about how inflation may be affecting your retirement date or how you're planning to spend your retirement, visit visit AnnexWealth.com today. Annex Wealth Management. Time for Ask Annex. Got a question? The place to go. Annexwealth.com. Look for the Ask button. And again, as always, if we can help, click that Get Started button. Sarah Kyle's a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. She is back. Hello. Hello, Danny. Matt Moore is the investment team manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Danny. Uh, Let's see our first one. In fact, everybody's anonymous, and that's fine. By the way, I didn't mention that. If when you submit your question, don't want us to use your name on the air, that's just fine. You'll be anonymous, like everybody. First one is when it comes to catch up contributions, is there there a difference between a 401k and an IRA? Which should I concentrate on?
6: Yeah, well, one of the main differences is the amount of ketchup you can use. So for 2023, the 401k catch-up is $7,500, and the IRA catch-up is $1,000. And you can do the catch-up if you're over 50 years old. But I generally suggest maxing out your employer plan first because of that pre-tax benefit, and then I would consider the IRA second. Next one on
0: Ask Annex Anonymous. A Kiplinger story said, quote, value investing is
7: back. Is it? Yeah, actually, I found, went out and found that article. It was pretty interesting. They tend to be a little bit simplistic in terms of how they lay a lot of that out, but it was still informational. First of all, it really depends on how you define value and growth. And they actually did a pretty good job of highlighting some of the differences that each index provider creates their own metrics to make that decision. Russell turns out to be the, the most basic of the two. They really just have one variable that, that makes that difference. Some of them are a little bit more complex than up to who's ever deciding that or works on that index In face meta, um, you know, previously. Facebook at one point was value and growth you sometimes see the same name on both sides so it is a little bit hard from a market perspective though really the last year or so value has beat out growth which is very different than what it has been since the financial crisis an era that was dominated with low interest rates really helped growth companies out because you had to pay less and less to take that risk in terms of waiting for those profits to come in now that interest rates are higher it changes the math on the valuation of a lot of these companies and value has done a lot better than growth has. However, that does change and sometimes pretty quickly. For instance, this first quarter of this year, growth is up 10% and value is up 5 defined by some of the ETFs that they used in the article. So it can change very quickly.
6: And don't value stocks tend to do better in rising interest rate environments?
7: They do. Value companies, again, sometimes loosely defined, are generally more profitable. They're less dependent on taking out more and more debt in order to fuel that future growth. And they tend to be older companies. So a lot of times you're getting dividends and that free cash flow paid back. What I would really concentrate on though as an investor, one is balance between the two within a portfolio. And the second is looking at quality companies, companies that you believe are valued at a great spot, regardless if it's because they're a growth or a value company, but how much are you paying for that company itself? Mix. Based on Ask Annex, we've never gotten something like this. Have you ever done a financial plan for just
0: one person in a married couple?
6: Believe it or not, we have. Really? Yeah. Everybody's situation is different and clients come to us for different reasons. But since we do deliver that unique customized planning, we do accommodate that request.
0: Next up, why is China still considered to be an EM? That's emerging market.
7: It is. Yeah, that's a really good question. And again, almost like the value and growth, it's really in the eye of the beholder. I did a little research to try to figure out who makes that decision and how that comes down sometimes from a market perspective again it goes back to the index provider in terms of what countries they're going to include in their emerging or the developing indexes also like regulatory bodies the imf they have a calculation that they make turns out it basically comes to a sum of what's the gdp their population share of world trade uh, share of world debt amongst others and then they rank all the countries by those numbers and then basically the top 20 or so they consider to be developed versus em The World Trade Organization, on the other hand, lets the country basically decide from themselves. At least that's what I found on their website that seems a little iffy to me, but that's their decision. However, other countries can challenge that. So I think politically, that's really where that comes down to. And every so often you'll hear from politicians about trying to take advantage of the World Trade Organization and other countries. But ultimately, you know, it becomes uh, eye of the beholder.
6: Yeah, and you wouldn't think of it as China being the second largest economy in the world. You wouldn't think of it as an emerging market.
7: No, no, not from that standpoint, for sure. But if you also think of like their population base, there's so much more rule. You know, it's not necessarily as developed from uh, across the board from the highest to the low as a lot of other countries. Final question. Does Annex review my 401k along with the rest of
0: my assets, even if it's outside my plan?
6: Absolutely. As Matt knows, we put that request in frequently. If you have an employer plan outside of your assets here, we will ask you for your available options in that plan. And then I would submit that to the investment team and they would put a allocation suggestion together based on your risk tolerance.
7: Yeah, it is something our team does fairly often. Every single day, for sure, we get requests Mm -hmm. like that, and we put together those allocations, again, based on the available options and the, the risk tolerance that that client has. Other thing to think about, too, is that our 401k team here in Annex, we do that on behalf of all the plans that we work with as well, too. So our team will help craft the plans that we make available for those other companies, and then we'll actually manage that in terms of automation for those people as well, too.
0: Matt Moore is the investment team manager. Thank you. Thank you. Sarah Kyle, wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.
3: It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice... Help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. Annexwealth.com.
0: Tom Parks is our Director of Retirement Plan Services. I also gave him another title. Headline challenger. Hey, Tom. Hey, bring it on. Here's the headline. What's in your 401k? question mark
8: For more investors, just one fund. What's wrong with that headline? The just one fund thing is what's of concern to me. So this is an article about target date retirement funds. Okay. And most target date retirement funds, all of them really, are funds of funds. The whole idea is it's a one-stop shop where you can pick one investment selection, but in doing that, get access to a bunch of other mutual funds all at once. Let's go back a step. So a target date fund is, say like it's
0: 2030, the year that you would retire. And so all of the investments in this one fund are aimed at 2030, but it's more than one fund. That's what you're saying.
8: Yeah, yeah. So that was my concern with the the title of the, the article was the one fund is kind of a misnomer. I think it's a little bit misleading or maybe maybe they just didn't understand how these things work. For those of you involved in a retirement plan, you probably have access to a suite of target date funds. And you'll recognize them because it's a series of funds. They all have the same name, company name, uh, life cycle, lifestyle, whatever. And then there's a a year. Basically, they're all the same fund of funds. The only difference is the composition, the asset allocation within the funds itself. So the idea is it's a one-stop shop. We always tell people, somebody's got to be watching your money. So if you're not going to do it, then have somebody else do it for you. That's why these things have gotten popular. Yeah. Over 85% of inflows in 401k plans go into Target date re- Retirement Funds. And didn't they find, like in the old days, there were almost too many choices? People got a little bit bewildered. Yeah. 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 And you know what? Too many choices can be a bad thing okay. because it's the paralysis by analysis right. issue. And and if, if it means that you're not going to save for retirement, then that's a problem. So somebody plops into a 2030 Target Fund, they look at it in 2029? Theoretically. I mean, I would recommend looking at it a little bit right, more frequently right. than I'm that. But facetious. that is the yeah. idea. Okay. And mean, it really is. So, So like I said, the underlying investments are all pretty much the same within the target date series from the 2010 to the 2060 or whatever you want to call it. But the allocation from how much is in equities to how much is in fixed income and other asset classes, that's what changes. So the idea is if I'm going to retire in 30 years, it'll start out as a higher risk, more equity allocation now. And then as you get closer to retirement, it'll slowly change from a higher equity to a higher fixed income allocation over time. And that seems to make perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, that is what people should be doing. The thing is, not all people who are going to retire in 2050 are made alike. So, it's definitely better than nothing, but it's one of those things that, you know, if you want to really dial in your personal risk tolerance or investment strategy, you're going to want to put in a little more effort than that. Okay, if there's three different companies, everybody's got a 2030 target fund. Are they identical? No. Great question. So, there's a lot of scrutiny from the Department of Labor on how plan fiduciaries choose the target date fund vintage that they offer in their plan so there are a lot of differences there's active management versus passive. So passive, you think of index funds. So you can either have actively managed target date fund or passively managed, or there are some that are a blend of the two. The other thing is that glide path, the the way that the investment allocation changes from high equity to higher fixed income. Think of it, a plane landing, right? Coming down in altitude, it's gliding down toward the runway, and it's changing its allocation. That's exactly right. And that's what all the graphs look like. So, But what you'll see is if you take three or four target date funds and you put them all on the same graph, what you find is the point where the change starts. Mm-hmm. How many years before retirement? That's not always the same. How steep is that change? You know, does it change very quickly from f- equities to fixed income? All of those things are very different from one target date series to the next. So there's a lot more to it than just picking one. Tom, you've used that phrase before. It's called to and through. Sure. Um, and that's T-O, to and through. Yep. So the glide path goes either to retirement or through retirement, right? So let's say that your assumed retirement age is 67 years old. The fund is changing from a higher equity to a lower equity exposure, and it does that gradually over time. There are some target date funds where on that retirement date at your age, 67, it flatlines and they say, okay, from now on, it's going to be 55% equities, 45% fixed income or whatever the allocation ends up being. The through strategy is one where they say, well, you know what? You're going to be retired for a long time. We should continue to invest that money, even after you've retired in a higher equity exposure for a few more years until we finally wind it down at some point after that retirement date. So it's just two fundamentally different approaches to how they manage that glide path. Your team at Annex helps employers set up 401k programs for their employees. Is that complicated? Well, it's not complicated. There's a series of steps. The first thing we usually do is we come in and we take a look at how is the plan working right now. There is usually a plan provider. So if your plan's at Fidelity or it's at Voya or wherever it happens to be, we'll take a look at that, see how things are going, and then we look at the investment lineup and we see how, is it a good lineup? Are there some opportunities for enhancement there? If we make a determination that the whole thing needs to be done over, then we work with the employers to go through a a due diligence process of interviewing new providers and trying to figure out what's going to be the best arrangement for them. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan
0: Services and Headline Challenger. Hey, thanks for jumping on. Thanks for having me.
8: If the only tool you have is
9: a hammer, everything you fix looks like a nail. Same thing goes for some annuity salesmen. Need help with tax planning maybe you need an annuity recession coming have you tried an annuity retirement planning you get the picture sometimes you need more than a one-tool solution it's time for serious fee-only fiduciary planning from annex wealth management our in-house team of experts will offer you a rigorously tested plan built just for you annex wealth management know the difference
0: the Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee is locked and laser focused on every aspect of the markets. Go deep with the SWAT podcast. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats delivered every Monday morning on Spotify. Search Annex Wealth Management for the SWAT podcast. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only fiduciary? Uniquely equipped to assist with a variety of our clients, greatest generation to millennials, contained within those groups are Generation X, and that's what we're going to talk about here. To do so, joined by Jeff Day, Wealth Manager and Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Danny. You are Gen X, aren't you?
10: I am. Okay, so what defines that? Yeah, so Gen Xs are essentially those that are born in the early 60s to late 70s. So if you're in that age band, typically after the uh, baby boomer generation and before the other uh, generations, Gen Y and et cetera, you're going to be a Gen Xer. Okay. Most of Gen X is not quite on the doorstep of retirement, but they're in the neighborhood.
0: And that Mm -hmm. means many should increase focus and take some definitive steps at this point. Let's talk about Gen X in retirement. Many Gen Xers are performing a balancing act. They've got careers. They've got aging parents. College expenses are coming up. It would be natural, but a mistake,
10: to put off investment and retirement planning, right? Absolutely. So we think about, for a lot of folks, they think of retirement just 10 years out. And when we think about retirement planning, it needs to happen a lot sooner than that. And Gen Xers are squarely in that category.
0: So at this point for Gen Xers, how critical is it to reassess risk and align a portfolio and a plan? I guess
10: risk first. Yeah, so if we think about risk specifically, 2022 offered us a a heavy reset on risk tolerances in general. When we think about the S&P 500 being down close to 19% for the calendar year, that got a lot of us to reassess our risk generally and how we view volatility relative to the stock market. And if we think about financial planning, well, we think it's for everybody, regardless of the age, everybody along that age spectrum, whether you're a millennial or even younger than a millennial, you need a financial plan along the way to make sure that you're doing the things along your career throughout your working life and uh, beyond to make sure we're on the right track. Same with baby boomers and those that are even part of the greatest generation that are still with us.
0: Jeff, you work with a lot of different clients. If you're working with somebody from Gen X, they've hired Annex Wealth Management. Are we usually their first
10: advisor? Sometimes, sometimes not. And, And so if they've prepared well, they've been in the advisory world. But I will tell you, it's a breath of fresh air for a Lot of them that come in the first time and they they explore annex and what we have to offer in fact i had somebody tell me here recently the whole suite of services that we offer is very comprehensive so they've had to kind of build and piecemeal things in their life before coming to annex and now that they're part of the annex family they understand the value and the different disciplines that we offer if they haven't done it and they've done it themselves they haven't explored working with a professional their eyes are open to things they weren't even aware that they were blind to and that's really helpful when we think about this conversation and how we serve clients every single day here.
0: And that goes right into that, know the difference that we always say. We're with Jeff Day, branch director and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, talking about Gen X and retirement. Okay, because of market volatility, people, do you feel, have pushed back retirement target dates, especially maybe with Gen X?
10: Relative to Gen X, they can be a bit off. Now, I'm a, I'm a very young Gen X, or I'm very handsome, young-looking uh, Gen X, and let's just put it out there. But with respect to the late 70s, that's a different dichotomy. You're maybe early to mid-40s, um, maybe you're thinking about retirement in the 60s. But, you know, if you're early 60s, you're on the older end of that Gen X, you might be within that red zone if, of retirement. And so you're thinking about really when it comes down to, it, when is my last day? When, when are we thinking about, you know, pulling the pin on retirement? It is a different conversation for those that are on the older end of Gen X. But I will tell you, I've had a number of conversations where, given the volatility and the market fluctuations, they're rethinking whether they can continue to you know stay on that retirement track. That's why a financial plan makes a lot of sense because we can be agnostic to market volatility because we've planned all the probabilities into the assumptions in the financial plan and we've planned for it in advance. We expect volatility when we're investing in the public stock market and the bond market, for that matter.
0: We talk a lot about the portfolio analysis done by our financial planning team. It's really important. It's where we assess things like assets, where they are. And we talk about debt, too.
10: Yeah, we want to make sure that we holistically cover the entire person, not just the asset side of the equation, but also the liability side of the equation, and make sure that it's reasonable and serviceable throughout retirement. One thing we
0: really like is we don't sell products. Our advice is free of conflicts of interest. We give you an honest assessment. Maybe you got annuities within your portfolio, and there are times that it makes perfect sense, but there's
10: times that it doesn't. Yeah, there is. And, and I think a recent case here, I had someone uh, come into our office and they have uh, several annuities and we just did a thorough analysis into each one of them and talked to the pros and cons and then the objective analysis to say, this one makes sense and this one does not to keep. And for the ones that do, you know, we'll help them along the way and on how that builds into the cash flow. For ones that maybe aren't such a good fit for whether it's fees or the conditions that they're, are part of the contract, whatever that happens to be for them, we'll work through the exit strategy and how that works from a tax taxation perspective, and also asset allocation. Really important to just understand it objectively, and and clients really appreciate that when we're objective and fee agnostic, just fee-only advice is what what we offer here. Hey, Jeff, my last question is, does Gen X need estate planning? So that's a resounding yes. Everybody needs estate planning. If we plan to exit this life and we plan to exit this life with some money, we may want to consider estate planning. And again, we we can help you along that way.
0: We are singling out Gen X in this segment. I'm a boomer. I've got the same challenges, though. You might, too. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Jeff Day, Wealth Manager and Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back on 92.5 Fox News. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may be wondering if your retirement plans are still on track. Inflation is a silent wealth killer. You won't hear an alarm when prices rise, but you might feel alarm as you try to plan your future. It's also one of the top reasons 80% of Americans are feeling stressed about their finances. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at annexwealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, Annex Wealth Management's in house team of planners will prepare your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth Metric isn't a sales tool, Annex is a fee only fiduciary. So there are no products to push. Instead, you'll get an honest assessment of your current state and a realistic plan to reach your goals. If you're concerned about how inflation may be affecting your retirement date or how you're planning to spend your retirement, visit AnnexWealth.com today. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Now this segment might be a shocker to those of you who aren't retired yet. If you're currently retired, please play along because you know how it really goes. And if that sounds mysterious, that's okay to add to the mystery or perhaps unwind it a little bit. We're joined by Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Deanne. Thanks for having me. Okay, let's set the stage. There was a panel discussion dedicated to quote, finding happiness in retirement. It gathered thought leaders, but it also included an actual retiree who added reality to the discussion. And the bottom line is happiness in retirement might not come from what you think it does.
3: Experts state three things critical in common having enough money having relationships with peers and community and having good health
0: may i ask you to read what this regular person who was at this conference said when he addressed everyone
3: absolutely this is a quote when you plan for retirement it's like staging a very beautiful still photograph the very first day you're in retirement it actually becomes a full motion video And you have to accept that retirement is not going to be exactly the way you planned it out because of a whole host of reasons. Now, that's not to say you were wrong or you didn't get it right. It's just like when we were at work. Things change.
0: You've worked with clients for a long time. Can I get an amen to that?
3: Yeah, it's a beautiful quote. Life is not linear, planners like to say. That's why we're always going back to the basics of the financial plans and stress testing those. It's not just about reaching financial goals, but life goals as well.
0: Okay, this was the Health and Retirement Study Assesses Trends in What's Important in Retired Life. It's a study of 20,000 retirees, so good sample size. When they analyzed life satisfactions, the study saw three core elements to life satisfaction. Deanne, obviously, this makes sense. The first pillar is money.
3: Yes, and having more money does make you happier because it gives you more choices, but that effect appears to hit parity at about $4 million. Now, that's not to say having more hurts you. Of course it doesn't, but experts are finding out that having more doesn't necessarily lead to greater satisfaction either. That's kind of the peak happiness.
0: We're talking about the health and retirement study. Three pillars, the first money. The second, relationships with peers and community. You know, it's interesting to note that the study says all of these are investments, not just money investments.
3: Right. When you invest in something, and sometimes it's money, but often it's time and mental capacity. It's what you're willing to give up to get something for the future. Relationships, obviously, are an investment. Social networks can take work to create and maintain. It's an investment of time and effort, energy. And for many people, creative fulfillment is equally important. Retirement's a perfect age for that creative side to emerge. But you got to invest in all of them, right? You do. You do. And health is very important, too. If you've neglected the holistic health while working on your career, then we might have a slew of other issues. Right. And that
0: is the third pillar in the health and retirement study. It's health. And that's a little hard.
3: It is hard because sometimes we think, I'll pay attention to myself when I retire.
0: Also, people become ill. They don't plan that.
3: Right. Of course, things change.
0: Deanne Phillips is director of client learning development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. We're talking about the health and retirement study. The how often do you see people hit retirement and then kind of flounder until they find out their or get their retirement bearings?
3: Very often, because we have to remember we're not retiring from something as much as retiring to something. We have to come from an understanding of what we want to retire to. Life goals and financial goals are absolutely intertwined.
0: Why is it? Or is it even hard for us to predict what's going to make us happy in retirement?
3: Yes, because we have to consider the lifestyle around our choices. For a great example, buying a sports car. You know, we may think, gee, when i retired, I'm going to get that sports car I want. Now, just driving it around and having it might not be the key to our ultimate happiness. We have to consider that. It's really kind of a lifestyle we're getting into, right? Maybe having a vintage sports car puts us in a club. We meet Mm like-minded people. We have social events. It becomes a hobby. We need to fix it. We put more time with it. All of a sudden, we're engaging our mind, our body, our social interactions around something we like. It's so much more than, yeah, I'm just going to drive around the neighborhood, right? So it's really got us thinking through our choices and where they might guide us.
0: Is thinking that retirement is six Saturdays and a Sunday, is that a mistake?
3: Yeah, I'd rather have people think of it as a different job with fantastic benefits. So, you know, going out to eat with friends or going on vacations or going to an event, these are things that actually can provide true happiness in retirement. We've been used to going to work and being surrounded by people and social interactions. So to switch that off and go into isolation too much can lead to depression. It can impact our health. It can be really culturally harmful, too, if we isolate too much. So now there may be a period of time where we say, I just need to decompress, and that's okay, too. You have to follow your values. This is where a discussion with the people in your life that are important to you about what your goals are, kind of like setting a track for a new career or job, it's very important. So is that-
0: takeaway when it comes to managing retirement expectations?
3: Yeah, we all have to remember that even with a significant other, as humans, we all have and we value autonomy, individualism, goals, mastery of something. It's important that we have our goals together, maybe as a couple, and our own personal goals as well. These are all very important discussions to have around lifestyle and retirement, both with your family, but also with your financial planner.
0: Everything starts with a plan, right? Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary, know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Dean Phillips, thanks for your time.
3: Thank you for having me.
9: If the only tool you have is a hammer, everything you fix looks like a nail. Same thing goes for some annuity salesman. Need help with tax planning? Maybe you need an annuity. Recession coming? Have you tried annuity? Retirement planning? You get the picture. Sometimes you need more than a one-tool solution. It's time for serious fee-only fiduciary planning from Annex Wealth Management. Our in-house team of experts will offer you a rigorously tested plan built just for you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference.
0: A quick reminder, this show is going to be on the Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel. Actually, any place that you find your podcast might be Apple Podcasts. But if you came in late and you want to hear the whole thing, maybe even hear the whole thing again later on this week, you can do it there because we want to be on demand for you. Derek Felsky is our chief investment officer. He's in the studio. Dave Spano, president and CEO.
1: You know, Danny, we talk a lot about integrity and teamwork and transparency and those are really core beliefs that we have at annex wealth management and teamwork is a big part of that and transparency derek the reason why i talk about those things is is we go through portfolios and we want our clients to know exactly what they own and why they own it and more importantly how much they're paying for it. but we talk a lot about
2: risk management tools and we use these tools a lot right i mean when we when we build the portfolios we build them to be efficient from a risk risk reward standpoint we have any number of tools that we use to to accomplish that task. And 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 one of the things that we do that I think is a little bit different is we actually have forward-looking approach to this. So we're not looking backwards and saying this portfolio is fine from a risk adjusted standpoint. We actually forecast what we believe future equity returns will look like, what future fixed income returns will look like, what we think the rate of inflation will be, what the rate of interest rates will be. And, you know, of course it's a little bit of a guess, but it's better than driving through the rearview mirror, which is what I think a lot of advisors do when they just, you know, Rebalance just because the the calendar turns a page, uh, so we're doing that opportunistically in a tactical way. It leads to excessive, you know, risk-adjusted returns, which is what our goal is. And you talk
1: about sophisticated planning. And that's part of, of it is making sure that you know you just don't you haven't subcontracted this out. We have we have lively debates uh, in the investment uh, meetings, and, and it's good and, and it's healthy to go through and say you know do we think we're going to have a hard landing a soft landing a stagflation economy or something different altogether
2: and having different opinions is helpful to our clients right so as an example one of the things we talked about and we really haven't made a decision on this yet you know last tuesday was you know what do we do with tech stocks i mean the tech pe right now is at a 35% premium to the s&p 500 that's a pretty rich multiple relative to the sp now granted many of these are great companies you know companies like apple and microsoft and google and the rest but do they warrant that kind of multiple I mean, they are cyclical business at their at their heart. Or from a counter standpoint, what do we want to do internationally? Because in international equities, te- there are very few technology companies, very few uh, innovative healthcare companies. So if you're buying international stocks, you're buying things like financials and basic materials companies. And those are things that are going to be affected by the dollar. So there are all sorts of variables that go into all this. We have specialists who focus on each area. We get together basically on a daily basis, but certainly uh, once a week. And it's it's a spirited discussion and it leads to, I think, uh, a well-measured output.
1: And we talk about elite wealth management. There's really two parts to that. One is this investment planning. It is sophisticated, customized planning for each client. Planning is in our DNA, but it is to be a fee-only fiduciary all of the time, not part of the time. Don't hire someone who's a part-timer. Make sure that you have these folks working with you all year long, Danny, and that's a big part of uh, what
0: we do on a daily basis. Well, we had a great example of that earlier in the show when Eric Strom, who's the financial planning manager, so that's a different team than the investment team, was talking about this 0% tax rate for investment income. You need to go look for those things. You need a qualified team then that would go back and interface with the investment team, make sure it all goes together, and then, again, working alongside with the tax planning team, the estate planning team.
1: Yeah, you, know, you, you gave me some, uh, you gave me some heat earlier in the show about how long I've had uh, been a certified financial planner. You know, 30 plus years. But there's a flywheel that people should know. So it's identifying what you have, okay. identifying where you're going to do with it putting that into action, and then putting that into action, and then reviewing that. That's the flywheel that a good wealth management firm does. It's not a set it and forget it style.
0: Well, I remember the first time that that my father came as a client of Annex Wealth Management, and I had never gone through it. I mean, we talked about it on the radio before, but they sat down with him, and they said, only here's what we like, here's what probably isn't as efficient as it should be, and here's what we will do, here's what we suggest we will do, and it, it made, all of a sudden, it dawned on me. And sometimes we talk about coming in and going through the portfolio analysis, and it's hard to picture that until you sit down.
1: And go through that process. I can't tell you how many times you know, people stop Derek or I and they want to know about an oil stock or Amazon or this, that, and the other thing. It is part of the process of financial planning to go through to know what you own why you own it, how much you're paying for it, and who you're dealing with. In other words, making sure you are with a fee-only fiduciary who is a full-time fiduciary, not a part-timer.
0: Well, really, and over the years, you've been doing this a long time, haven't you seen a bunch of new, quote, products march themselves you know, well, and, into the marketplace. And our clients
1: right? don't want that. Our clients who come in here want planning. They want unbiased advice. They don't want to get sold a product. And that can is I, can really I, important.
2: You know, I mean, one thing I'd like to add to that is, you know, when a person comes in and does the financial plan and they do have an investment portfolio and they read a headline, the markets are volatile, the Dow's down a hundred, a 1, thousand points, it's up a thousand points. If they've done the plan and they know that their risk is appropriate for that plan, they're not going to freak out. They're not going to panic. They're not going to sell low and buy high. And that's the, the kind of, uh, you know, ability to sleep at night that we try to provide our clients with. Derek Felsky, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Dave
0: Spano, thank you very much. And since it's a holiday weekend, you might be catching us for the very first time. Hope we like what you heard over the last hour. Here's your official invitation. Join us, Elite Wealth Management from a fee-only fiduciary. Click that Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. See you next Sunday, noon, Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.